ready to start the show. This show has explicit language and mature themes. John, we dropped that lick on us. Explanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. I looked some stuff up on Wikipedia and I'm going to explain it to my friend David Gerondale. Happy day, David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing swell. Well, I, it, sh- it should be if it's a happy day. Yeah. Um, what are we going to learn about on this happy day? We're going to be talking about wheel well stowaways. Wheel well stowaways? Oh, yeah. man. Okay, cool. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, we're going to talk about the risks of being a wheel well stowaway, and then we're going to talk about some specific stories of wheel well stowaways. I want to hear about survivors. Mostly you just hear about people dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, to start this episode, it's about people who, for whatever reason, climbed into the wheel well of an airplane. To escape Cuba. Yeah, largely. Yes, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, so the risks of doing it. Is you can get crushed by the wheel. Wait, wheel. let's let's be really clear on what it is that you're doing when you stow away in a wheel well. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you you climb up on the landing gear, I imagine, and then the land in and like into the compartment, and then it where retracts, the wheels retract into. and it closes. That compartment closes yeah. when you're in flight. It's not pressurized. Yep. Nope. Not at all. Um. Yeah. And there's not a lot of space in there when the wheels contract. I imagine. Why would you create a bunch of extra space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Space is very precious on airplanes. Yeah. So uh, that's the first risk, is you can get crushed by the wheels when they retract into the well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And uh, that it's not actually funny, happens but it, to a lot of people. Kind of, a little bit is. And uh, the longer the flight you take, the worse your chances are of surviving. I imagine. Because especially if the planes cruise at higher altitudes and you endure the conditions for a lot longer, because it's fucking cold. Like it's, Yeah. I bet because yeah yeah you're way up high it's fucking really cold up there yeah. there's just a lot less atmosphere it's like generally around negative 50 to negative 60 degrees Fahrenheit oh my god that's colder than I imagined yeah that's like a Planes lot of frostbite at just like arctic yeah uh, levels of arctic winter <laughs> seriously and uh the reduced atmospheric pressure and lack of o2 is another high risk I imagine like you can get hypoxia which is lack of O2 the, to the tissues of the body. And uh, you can get severely mentally impaired and can pass oh, out in the wheel well. I bet. Brain damage from yeah. no oxygen. You can even get the bends or decompression sickness. Oh, my goodness. Where the <laughs> nitrogen in your blood yeah. um, undissolves and turns into bubbles that like, block your, your blood vessels. Yeah, like a lot of planes cruise at like around 33,000 feet. And uh, Mount Everest is just under... Th- 30,000 feet yeah i think it's like 29 what is it like 2980 or something like that and they take like fucking they take oxygen tanks up there yeah unless you're a total badass yeah um but you still acclimate you acclimate you don't you don't go from like sea level to the top of everest in a matter of minutes so yeah and then this other fun thing can happen uh nitrogen gas embolisms is that that's the bends it's kind of like the bends oh okay the bends is just like uh, air expanding 
Oh, and, okay. Uh, nitrogen gas embolism is when blood vessels get blocked by gas bubbles. Oh, shoot. I just learned something. I thought that's what the Benz was. Yeah. Okay. So the nitrogen gas expands, and so it comes out of um, out of solution in the blood, and then those bubbles block, block up your. The same reason why you it, it it actually is like will likely kill someone if you were to uh, hit a vein or or sorry an artery or a vein and just inject them um, with a needle full of air. Yeah, that's why you have to like push. That's the why you syringe. push some solution out at the beginning, and mm-hmm. it's also why it's important to get bubbles out of there by shaking it and then pushing it. Yeah, um, so. And then also, generally, planes lower their landing gear at about 15,000 feet. So if you're, like, just unconscious in there or not prepared, you just fall. You just fall from from 15,000 feet. Um, (laughs) I can't even imagine. I wonder how long that takes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look that up. But so, yeah, the survival rate is around 20%. That's not good. But that's really good, actually, for, like, what it is. Oh, like, yeah. You, I mean, like... I can't believe that people can survive that. Yeah, one in five people actually makes it, but yeah. we don't know in what state do they make it. Like, they could be permanently yeah. brain damaged. So, like, of the hundred... But I wouldn't take that risk. But I've never been in a situation where I've ever thought that climbing into a wheel well was like, this will get me out of a bad situation. Yeah. Um, of the 113 people on flights leaving from or arriving in the U.S. since 1946, 86 died, Oof. and that's 76% died. Okay. Um, the FAA says it may be much higher because many bodies may have fallen into the ocean or a place so remote that nobody ever found them. Oh, that makes sense. Like, why would you actually know about every single time that you it wouldn't. happened? Yeah. Most of the time, people just find them, like, bodies, they just find them frozen, like at the landing site. That would be a pretty appalling thing to find as just part of the ground crew. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're just like happens tossing luggage around, breaking people's important stuff, stuff that they got from their vacation, just, just doing like your an job. Icy body falls on top of you. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> yeah, that's some counseling. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about a few of the stories. The first recorded stowaway was a 12 year old named Boss Way in 1946. He was traveling from Kupang, Indonesia to Darwin, Australia, and he was discovered in the wheel well unconscious, and he suffered burns from the exhaust and had a cut that went to the bone on his right shoulder. Oh my goodness, do they know how that happened? Uh, Maybe I've, a hydraulic I assume, something? I assume it was when he got kind of a little bit crushed by the wheel well coming Jeez, in. Oh wheel going into the wheel well. Ugh. <laughs> he left it's because... It's not funny anymore. No, it's not. He left because he had lived through Japanese occupation during World Ugh. War II. And some Australian soldiers were nice to him and gave him candy and corned beef. So he had a positive notion of what life in Australia would be like. And yeah. God, um, that's actually really sad. And they considered deporting... Yeah, it is. They considered deporting him, but his teachers and the o- overall community vied for him to stay. And 12 years later, he was naturalized as an Australian. And he married there and raised a family there. Wow. Yeah. One of the rare cases, I'm sure, where it actually turned out to be worth it. Yeah, wholesome stowaway. Let's get into some other ones. Uh, 1970, a 14-year-old, Keith Sapford, jumped in a wheel well on a plane heading from Tokyo to Sydney. No, on a, sorry, on a plane heading to Tokyo from Sydney. What? Yeah. I mean, either way, like those are both relatively safe societies. His dad, his dad said that he, all his son wanted to do was see the world. 
oh my goodness. And he probably just had no idea what the risks were. He yeah. was just like, this is an inexpensive way to travel. And uh, an Australian photograph uh, photographer was there. His name John Gilpin, and he accidentally caught a photo of him falling to his death. No. They put it in Time magazine, Man. and uh, because he fell from 200 feet on takeoff, and John Gilpin was just there taking photos, um, testing out a new lens for his camera. Oh. And he didn't even notice. He didn't even notice when he was taking the photo. He only noticed a week later after having developed the photos. How shocking would that be? Right. Man. Seriously. Right yeah. place at the wrong time. Yeah, it's it's the I, as far as I know, it's the only known photo of a wheel well stowaway being ejected. Oh man, yeah. I mean, how, you can't plan that. Yeah, in some cases, the wheel well stowaways involve two people, and more likely, they're two kids, and one of the kids will survive, and one of the kids will die. Jeez, oh Pete, there's so many kids. Yeah, tons I didn't realize of, it was tons a bunch of, of tons of kids. Jeez. Uh, most of the people attempting stowaway flights are kids or Dang. like in their early or mid 20s. Mostly what I've learned is this isn't actually funny at all. No, no. God, this is sad. Yeah. So the oldest I saw on the list of stowaways was 50, but he died and a 35 year old survived. So, I mean, maybe it has, maybe it's age related somewhat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe the older people just fall out into the ocean all the time. Maybe, um, or their heart can't take it, all those embolisms. In another case, on September 14th, 1998, Emilio Dominguez, a 23-year-old guy, survived a flight from San Pedro Solas, Honduras, to Miami at 33,000 feet. Jeez, oh, Pete, so they actually got to cruising altitude, and he survived. Yeah, he was leaving because he was trying to find work in the United States, but he was actually deported back to Honduras. Oh, my God. Can you fucking believe that? Like, you go through that shit, and you land, and you're like, God, I made it. Holy shit, I thought I was going to die. And you survived the odds, too. In a way, it's kind of what's been going on with, like, U.S. immigration in general, but, like, also the migrant crisis. You know, there are all of these, well, not all of these, but there are are several um, Central American nations that are just, like, ravaged by drug cartels and and guerrilla warfare right now. And all of those people are trying to get asylum status and a fucked here. Fucked up economy, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, and just a fucked up economy. And a lot of that, honestly, is NAFTA. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to compete with American uh, produce because it's it's uh, subsidized at such a high rate. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they get all the way here. They travel two thousand miles sometimes, and then, just yeah, like, they're just well, sent and right also, back. Also, like. Build that wall. People will still find a way to come. Oh, yeah. Like, I read a story recently about a woman who survived but was trying to climb a a length of fence and fell down while she was climbing it. On, I think she fell down onto the American side and a piece of just like random rebar that was sticking up pierced through her. I think it went through her shoulder. Uh, but she survived. But, I mean, that doesn't mean that her fate is necessarily going to be a good one. It just means that, like, Jesus, shit's already risky. Yeah. Um, So, in in another case, in 98, a 30-year-old named Trevor Jacobs died on a flight from Antigua, a Caribbean, Caribbean? Caribbean island, to Trinidad, an island off Venezuela. 
He was found dead in the wheel well, but he was wanted for several criminal charges, including kidnapping a 60-year-old lady. Oh, I guess that guy, that guy I'll laugh at. There was no punchline, <laughs> so there's not a good, like, natural yeah. place to laugh, but, like, fuck that guy. You kidnap a lady, we're going to laugh when you die. Yeah, that's just how it is. Yeah, don't kidnap. We're not, we're not keen on it. No, I don't like that. No. Fuck you, Trevor. I'm just generally against it. Jiggles. Even if it's not a kid. Don't do it. Don't nap adults. Don't don't adult nap or yeah. kidnap the dead one. If you're tre- if you're named Trevor Jacobs, I don't say fuck you, unless you've kidnapped a sixty year old or anyone. If you've kidnapped anybody, then fuck go you. jump in that will will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, another guy, another guy, twenty four year old, survived a flight from Papeete, French Polynesia in the South Pacific to L A, and the flight was then going to go to France, but he was found unconscious in the will well at L A X. And he told reporters that he attempted the flight because he wanted to shake hands with Zinedine Zidane, a French soccer player and coach. Holy cow. That yeah. guy deserves to get that handshake, <laughs> right? He's probably the greatest fan that Seriously. soccer has ever had. He survived it. I don't think he made it to France. <laughs> they discovered him in LA, yeah. and they're like, "Man, I'm not gonna fuck with this guy. Like, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. Yeah, just put him back <laughs> just in the put wheel him well. back. <laughs> Strap him in." Yeah, uh, 2013, a cat survived a trip from Athens to Zurich. Dang, a cat! A cat. Yeah, I was just about to ask if these were all just like adult or like ch- child or adult men. But yeah, no, there's a cat. No, I didn't. I mean, see, it could be. A I have the cat, list but... here, but I didn't see any women uh, in the list. But the last one we're going to talk about, in 2017, an unidentified man, he survived a flight from Santo Domingo to Miami, and he got caught exiting the Willwell and was sent back to the Dominican Republic. Dang. It's just sad. Like, I swear, if you do that, you should fucking be able to stay. Yeah, at least, like, like give the person an asylum case. Yeah. Let them get their day in court. Canada did it. Like, a stowaway flew into Canada, and they, like, were like, yeah, you get refugee status. Like, obviously, it's important to you. Yeah, except like, for the guy who was just trying to shake hands with a soccer coach. <laughs> None of these people in that Japanese kid who was just, like, severely misguided in how he yeah. thought he was going to tour the world. Other than that, I no, can, that, I think... That was, a, that was an Australian kid going to Tokyo. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. Other than that, I think you can safely assume that these people are under, like, really stressful situations. Like, there have to be ulterior factors in place otherwise why would you do this yeah uh let me just let me just go over some of these things uh from august 96 to august 4th 2000 died frozen fell during landing one survived the other about 12 died wait so there were two no i'm that was the like that was the next one oh um next one Pardeep survived in the nose. Wheel well, 35,000 feet. Next one, died. Next one, died. Next one, died. Next one, survived but hospitalized in critical condition. Survived at 33,000 feet. That was the guy who was returned to Honduras. Both died. Survived, died, 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 died. Both died. Jeez, like, Pete. They, it's just so fucking risky. This is way more risky than erotic asphyxiation. Oh yeah, like, I don't. Did we have stats for that episode? We didn't. But yeah, uh, because like, how do you get stats on that? It's not like people are self-reporting every time they survive like a risky yeah. masturbatory adventure. But I mean, if you were to masturbate in that will well, 
it might be oh it might be akin because, to that yeah because you have the low oxygen and it's you're going so through the cold, hypoxia though. yeah but i mean if you could get you it up get a little... in negative 60 degrees <laughs> yeah what is going on with you and your frostbitten dick would oh no fall no off. no uh, also you need that blood to keep your core warm like <laughs> yeah in order to even think maybe that's all you could think about so that's why they <laughs> anyway <laughs> but it never happened <laughs> anyway as far as we know so yeah i guess that's all i have on wheel well stowaways wait what would you call that um it would be like auto avia- aviation erotic asphyxiation aviatory uh unpressurized aviatory autoerotic <laughs> asphyxiation <laughs> but i feel like the auto is taken out when like i mean it's it's auto in that you got in the airplane in the first place but no, i feel it's, like it's always auto when you do it to yourself yeah but the the but you're not choking yourself yeah but it's still erotic asphyxiation you don't have it, to specifically choke yourself in order to, for it to be asphyxiation if you have somebody else choke you though it's not autoerotic yeah no Nobody else is choking you up there. Yeah, I know. But like, okay, so if I ask someone to choke me and then they choke me, that's not auto erotic. Exactly. If I get into an airplane and then the airplane chokes me, I don't think that's auto erotic. Uh, I think we should agree to disagree (sighs) because it's your own it's your own actions that put you in that situation. Same thing with the situation I laid out. Yeah, but. all right, like I said, we should agree to disagree. <laughs> you got anything else you want to talk about with uh, Wheel Well Stowaways? No, oh, this is sad. We laughed a lot in this episode for how sad it was. I feel like a worse person. <sighs> you you are, and I am too. We're worse people. And, uh, yeah, let's just find this end of this episode here in the other papers. And that's it for this episode. <laughs> No, let me redo it. Also, I think it's funny mentioning all those papers. Uh, our printer is unhooked because this will be the last episode actually recorded in, in this Rabbit Pen Studios. In Rabbit Pen one. Studios One, uh, we're moving to another place, uh, which will also be shared with rabbits. So, not a huge upgrade in terms of anything really, but uh, our printer was unhooked, and so Dexter had to go to his place of work to print off these papers. <laughs> Because our printer is all packed away. Well, and I just don't really want to look at my computer during the episode. It's easier to just hold the papers. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, and Holding I decided... your laptop in, like, one hand while you're looking at the microphone, or, like, facing the microphone would be And difficult. I decided for some reason to print off all seven pages of the list of all airplane stow- wheel well stowaways. <laughs> and we only went through, like, half of page one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, like, we went through a selection of all of them, but I had them on the notes. I didn't need the list anyway printer ink is the most expensive fluid in the world <laughs> thanks work and that's it for this episode Dexplanations is recorded at rabbit pen studios in eugene oregon it's produced edited and provided them sweet licks by jonathan cunningham if you want to support this show go to patreon.com slash or leave a review on itunes i want to thank my current patrons alexis ben susan Kevin, linda Derek, and nick likely we got a bunch of things wrong if you want to tell me about it or if you want to clarify something we went over, hit me up at DexplanationsPodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at Dexplanations or karma on the Instagram or the subreddit of the same name. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. You're the only thing that's making this show grow, so please tell someone to subscribe. Oh, 
And as for you, your heart is already three sizes bigger than the Grinch's was. Bye now. You have a normal sized heart. Dude, have you ever, have you ever like, this mostly happens to me like, uh, especially if it's really cold, I'm like all turtled up. I'll sit down on the toilet to take a dump and I start peeing and I'm like, oh yeah, this feels good. No, it's not on top of the seat. I just said turtled. And it shoots right in between the seat and the, the other seat. And I'm just like, uh, so whoa, whoa, whoa. And there's just like piss flying out in front of me.